Welcome to How We Grow, an essential playbook to grow and scale your vacation rental business with advice and insights from the best in the biz with your host, Linnell Gordon. Welcome to How We Grow, the vacation rental show. I'm Linnell Gordon, and I am very excited today to bring to you Robin Cragen. And let me tell you just a little bit. Robin is the co-founder and the CEO of Movie Mountains. They are located in Steamboat Springs, Colorado. And Robin has worked for other companies. He has a lot of expertise in the business. I do want to say that he is really interesting to talk to. So you're going to enjoy him very much, guys. We're going to talk today about culture. And Robin has a lot of information on how to build culture in your business. And Robin, thank you so much for coming and being a part of the show today. Yeah, good morning, Linnell. It's exciting to be here. Thanks for having me. So one of the things, Robin, that you're really passionate about is culture. Tell me why is having a culture that you've thought about, that you've created, why is that important in property management? Well, you know, I would say culture might be one of the most underrated things that you can do in your business. And it's maybe not something you do on day one. We've been in business for 25 years this year. And I would tell you that for the first 10 years, we were extremely mom and pop running our business from the kitchen table with a couple of young kids running around. And during that time, as we were growing the business, we did have some employees joining us to help us get through the day. And we never really had formally identified what our culture was because for the longest time, it was really what was in our hearts and what was in our heads. Heather's my wife, my business partner. Heather and I had a very good understanding of what it meant to us to do this business. We knew why we wanted to be in this business. But what we realized 10 years in, we worked with a business consultant and he said to me one day, you know, what is your culture? What is your mission? What is your vision of this business? And do your employees know what it is? And my flippant answer was, of course, everyone knows. I mean, we all do what we do. Everyone seems to know what they're supposed to do. And, you know, we make it through the day and we celebrate our successes and meet our challenges and uh, we go back and do it again. And he really encouraged us. It's really going to help you. It's not that you can't operate without this. You absolutely can. And there's many companies that I've seen out there, you know, the light bulb sort of starts to go off when they hear us talking about culture, but you can definitely make it through the day without formalizing your company culture. No doubt you have that in there, but when you can identify what the purpose of your company is, it sort of leans into that question that Simon Sinek famously posed, you know, start with why. Why we do what we do. We all know the how, the when, or the what, but it's the why we do what we do that binds us together. And I think by formalizing that, you give people something that you can really kind of come back to. We have a lot of instructions about what we do day by day, but if you can connect to the why, it starts to pre-fill answers on how we solve problems, which is the nature of our business, problem solving. Well, you know, I just want to remind everyone that you guys are recognized as one of the top 100 places to work by Outside Magazine, and that's huge. And that does certainly speak to culture, and your team is really tight. What's key about that recognition is that is actually based on a survey of our employees. So it's an anonymous, highly confidential survey of about 100 questions. And Outside Magazine does this on a national basis every year. We identified that as something that could help us with recruiting and attracting, retaining 
good staff members because that is the foundation of this business. We realized that there were actually people out there looking for the companies that were on that list. So Logic said, if we could make it to that list, then we could become noticed as a better place to work and that could help us attract some better talent. And that has been an amazing process. And it's true validation of the things that we do for employees, not just compensation, but benefits and then the culture and everything else that goes around that, that makes Moving Mountains a really great place to work. Tell me about your culture. Well, culture, if you want to say what it is formally, we have a mission, which is to create memorable vacations and exceptional mountain homes. So that may not sound like rocket science, but every word in that statement has a meaning. So the we is we all do this together. It doesn't happen by accident. It's not one person. It's not me. Certainly not me, not our housekeepers single-handedly by themselves, but we together. And then the word create means that we actually make this happen. It's going to happen because we do something, not just because we have great homes. Memorable, everything that we're working on should be memorable. Vacations, obviously, we know what that is. And exceptional mountain homes really defines the environment, the kind of homes that we're looking to have in our portfolio in order to execute on that mission. So that simple mission statement, it kind of encapsulates everything that we do. And I'm sure that that mission statement could overlay with many, many companies in this industry. And then we have a series of core values. The core values are guiding principles, which you can come back to, to help people think through how you might solve a problem without perhaps coming to me and saying, how do I do this? So we say every challenge is an opportunity. We say it's the little things that mean so much. So we talk about the details. Mistakes are inevitable, but dissatisfied customers are not. Mm. Oh, I love, 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 love. Say that again. That's really important in our business. Mistakes are inevitable, but dissatisfied customers are not. So, you know, we are allowed to make mistakes. We're human. We miss things. But it's what we do afterwards to own our mistakes if we make one that can very often make a difference to the guest stay that the outcome of that is. And then the last one is to deliver wow whenever possible. So those things together, I mean, again, that sounds like very simple principles, but I think it's important not to have too many because we can daydream and come up with 20 of these. They can all be meaningful, but you actually need to have a culture that people can remember. And I would say like every challenge is an opportunity is sort of in the DNA of this business. So Every day you meet a challenge. You've got an unhappy guest who's had a tough travel day, who maybe isn't used to spending that amount of time together with their family because they have a busy work life. They arrive at your doorstep and they're frazzled. And that's the challenge is they're maybe not having the best day and their initial interaction with you may not be that warm and fuzzy because they're just at the end of of the line for them. They've had a long day, but it's like, what's the opportunity in that situation? And we take those things, we identify this person's having a challenge and we'll turn it into the welcome amenity, a factor that our team show up to give you a tour of the home and we'll come with teddy bears and coloring books for the kids. And when the kids are happy and running around, then the parents start relaxing and then it just kind of goes from there. And it's all little tips and tricks that kind of lay into how do you create an opportunity out of a challenge that allows our team to think through, don't get caught up in the emotion of what the challenge is. Think about how you're going to make an opportunity out of that. Now, I don't have to come up with a solution to every scenario. When I say that, my team is taking that and saying, we're given permission to turn challenges into opportunities. And they do that all the time. That's beautiful. So guys, if you don't have a written culture and a written mission statement, you know, those are things that business 101, no matter what industry you're in, 
they're going to tell you, you need a mission statement and you need to have some core values that you go by. So how did you create those? Did you do it with just you and your wife who's your partner or did you do it with a group? How did you come up with your values? We did it as a team. I do think that that's beneficial. We definitely got on the culture bandwagon. We did a lot of research. We read Tony Shea's book about Zappos is a really good one because they really were one of the big companies that really espoused culture as something you can make as the cornerstone of your business. You know, you look at examples like that, their culture is extreme in that they rewrite the culture every year. We wrote ours 10 years ago and revisited it. But what I love hearing from the team is they really don't see a point in changing it because they can still connect to everything in our core values and our mission. And I'll add that we do have another piece to our company culture, which is called our code. And our code is around the acronym PLAIT. It's to help them remember what each of those things are. Our code is about how we should act. And again, this is guiding principles to our team. So P, don't take it personally. And I told you that scenario about the guests showing up, feeling frazzled. They are not mad at you. They're mad at the day they just had. You cannot take them personally. Don't take it personally. L is leverage our collective genius. So realize that we have many different smart people in our team and everyone brings value. So in problem solving, we really talk about how to bring all the smart people in the room together. You know, when you have all of us together, then that's where you have genius. It's not one of us individually. A, very important, never make assumptions. So I almost, by habit, correct people when they start with, well, I assumed. <laughs> and it's like you don't want to be in that situation because nobody wants to hear, I assume the cleaners have been here. We need to have checks and balances. And it's not that we need to micromanage each other, but we need to not make assumptions because at the end of the day, that's not a good excuse. The very simple one, we're in the trust business. We are trusted with multi-million dollar homes. We're entrusted with people's vacation experiences. So we say always act with integrity. I, And then the last one, a very simple, trust your team. So again, we speak to we are a team. We need to trust each other. And that's a huge part of where we are in this sort of 25-year journey is we're in a massive move to leverage more trust from our team, giving more responsibility down the line so that the next evolution of Robin and Heather not doing everything, but now the team has the ability to make decisions and plan things and solve problems without being on the phone to us. You know, that's a common theme I hear with trusting your staff and allowing other people to make decisions. That's a common theme of successful vacation rental companies. Let me ask you this. So You've had this for about 10 years. You've been in business about 25. So tell me the difference between the first 15 where you didn't have this. And it's not that it's not there because obviously that was your culture before because you create that. But tell me the difference between teaching your team, this is our culture, we're going to write it out. This is who we are. We're going to think about it and hiring new people. So the first 15 versus the second 10. Well, I mean, it was really the first 10 and then we developed the culture. You know, the value of having the culture formalized and I mean, we've gone full bore on this in two of our offices now. We have these amazing culture walls where the culture is up there on the wall and visible for everyone to see as you walk by, you come into the office and we try to bring culture into the conversation with the team on a regular basis so that they know that it's real. But the difference has been for us that, I mean, we've gone through some fairly explosive growth in the last five to seven years, and we've taken it from a very mom and pop organization to having a mature and experienced professional team. We've grown our business beyond Steamboat Springs into the Vale Valley, incorporating Vale and Beaver Creek. 
And then in 2021, we grew into Breckenridge. So we have a team now, seasonally right now on the clock, we have about 120 people. Wow. Yeah, that was from the two of us to that size of team. So it didn't matter so much when we have five to seven employees. That was easy to have those connections with everybody in the team and to kind of pull everyone along. But I think as we grew the team and we created structure and organization and departments and divisions, you know, now I have three general managers managing teams of 15 to 20 people in each of our operating areas. And then we have a shared services corporate team that is providing the marketing and sales support and the guest services and HR and accounting to those three operating bases. So when you have those divisions in that structure, then the value of the culture is that you need everyone to be pulling together. You need to silo in order to have organization and not send everybody in every direction. But at the same time, the culture is kind of what binds us together. I really feel like that's important and meaningful. And we're planning right now our annual retreat where we get together. And I think culture is a big part of that event because we talk about it and we talk about how it showed up in our business and we talk about how it leads us down the path to success. And the validation of that exercise is from in the last year, the big integration that we had with the new company that we took over in Breckenridge is, I'm not sure that we really knew what the culture of that company was. They were definitely bound together by a drive to take care of their guests, but they didn't have as much of a formalized culture as we did within Moving Mountains. And We really wanted to bring them into our team and we really made culture a part of last year's retreat where we brought everybody together. You know, we had about 60 people in the room and now I'm hearing the individual teams having their own separate conversations about culture. It's coming from the managers and the general managers in each of those areas. It's really powerful. No, it is. And I can see how culture has really played a role in the growth and the maturity business-wise of your company. That's fabulous. That's fascinating too. You hear different people talk about different things in this industry, but what's the most important thing to you as the business owner? Is it the guests who provide the revenue that is the lifeblood of the business? Or is it the homeowners that own the properties that you don't have a business if you're not managing properties for homeowners? Or is it your team? We come back to the fact that the team is the foundation of this business. So We need to take care of our team. They are the number one audience that we're trying to serve. If our team is given the right tools, the right compensation, the right benefits, we're attracting the right talent. And if they're given this culture as a way of saying this is who we are and what we do, and it seems very timely that culture is something that I think the next generation of employees is using as a point of differentiation between different companies. That's how we're attracting and retaining talent because, believe me, all the time, our competitors are trying to pull our great people away from us. And I think it's the culture that keeps us coming back together. This episode of How We Grow is brought to you by Blue Tent. Blue Tent is proud to offer digital marketing solutions for vacation rental professionals. Expand your visibility to new travelers and book more guests with a team of Blue Tent. Featuring direct booking sites, email marketing, digital marketing, channel management, and more. Discover what Bluetint can do for your short-term rentals at bluetint.com. Tell me your favorite owner or guest story, because I know it's going to encapsulate part of what you just talked about with your culture. I have no doubt. I've got a good owner story, and it's actually an owner who agreed to do a testimonial for us, which is on our website. He talked about the time that we met as he was considering who would manage his home. And he talked about the fact that obviously there was information he was looking for, but he met with me and he said, (laughs) I quickly realized that I was the one being interviewed as much as I was interviewing him. (laughs) 
And it's because we've come to this point, and I think it's a maturity phase of your business that you can talk about, that when you get to the point where you are starting to become discriminating about who you work with and making sure that you're aligned on goals and vision and that you are teammates, you know, these are expectations that we didn't maybe set at the beginning as much with homeowners. We were still learning what were the important questions. But as you get into it, you want to know what the revenue goals are. You want to know how much they plan to use the home. But you also want to understand that. And when I say to people, we're going to make mistakes, we're going to miss things. And it's really important to us that you can come to us with a list of here's some things that were missed without it being in an aggressive, unfriendly, confrontational way, but in a way of saying, I'm another set of eyes that might be better than your employees because our collective goal is to give the guests the best experience. Through that, you can kind of work through the challenges of things that do get missed because we're going to say we're not perfect. It's about how you recover from things that you miss. So one, obviously, you want to learn what did we miss so that we can avoid missing that again. We don't want to make the same mistake twice or three or four times. I certainly hope that if an owner gives us feedback on something we forgot to do or we were rushing and missed it, that it's not something that they would see in the future. So we don't mind hearing that feedback, but we want to do it as teammates. In his testimonial, he was like, that made me realize that how we're going to work together on this as a team. And I mean, we've managed that home, I think, for now, maybe nearly 10 years. And that's a long time. That's a long journey. We've been through the pandemic together. We've been through the ups and downs of the various economic changes. And it's those things that you need to be aligned on in order to retain owner relationships over time. So I always have a big thing. I talk about this being a relationship business. Yes. It is. We say we're property managers, but we're really in the relationship business. And that happens at every level, but there's probably none more important than the one we have with the homeowner who's placing so much trust with us. You know, we're managing an incredible two to three up to, we just took on a $40 million house. That doesn't come without a lot of trust. (laughs) Wow. Okay. Well, you are in Steamboat Springs, but I had no idea that the real estate there was that expensive. So it must be an expansive place on a beautiful location. Oh, it is. I mean, there's no question. That's part of the attraction of living in a community like this is it's a lifestyle that attracts people. You know, we work hard and play hard. We love being in the outdoors. I think that that is, again, a thread that kind of binds our team together. It's not always the most glamorous of work. You know, we came into this from a background of running a luxury yacht in the British Virgin Islands, which is one of the most beautiful and amazing places to sail in the world. And we often said this is very unglamorous work and very glamorous surroundings. So when you're in the bilges of a 70-foot yacht on a Saturday morning doing engine checks, drenched in your own sweat, you don't feel fully connected to the luxury experience you're going to be offering the next day as you sail out into the (laughs) channel. Right. No kidding. Well, let me ask you this. If there was one piece of advice that you would give the property managers who are looking to grow their business, because... Guys, I want to remind you that Robin came into this business with, correct me if I'm wrong, one home. You started with one home. We started with one. So we started with one home. And how many do you guys have today in your business? I think we're at about 215, maybe up to about 220. Okay. And it's not just that it's 220 houses. Guys, some of his houses are worth $40 million. These are houses that bring in revenue. So, I mean, you can make more money with 200 houses than other people might could make with 1,200 houses. So I'm just saying, tell me about growth strategy when it comes to size. Is it a revenue thing or is it a size thing? And what advice would you give to people who are looking to grow for either of those? 
Sure. I think there's so many different people operating in this business and working on so many different business models. And I really think that it's important if you're just starting out in this business to have a strategy as to what it is you're trying to become. Where are you trying to go? So I will tell you that our vision of this business was one house. I mean, that was all we were focused on. We wanted to translate what we were offering on a yacht to a land-based situation where we could then think about raising a family, And we just started out by saying, what if we just had this one house and it was going to be a replication of everything we did on the luxury yacht? So that's how we started. And then the opportunity came along in the third year of business that we could manage someone else's house. So our business at the beginning was called Moving Mountain Chalet. And that was because we had this concept around a fully catered chalet. And that was as far as the horizon was for us. You know, we had to add an S to that. So we were moving mountain chalets in our third year. And in about year 10, we had an opportunity to work with a brand new luxury property here in Steamboat that it was not in homes. It was actually luxury slopeside residences. And that was the point where we said, well, those aren't really chalets. We need to evolve this. And that's where we became just moving mountains because the service concept is we'll move a mountain for our guests. Mm. And we felt like that still translated to everything we were doing. So That has been the evolution of our business. And I think that what I would say in kind of criticism of our path to becoming moving mountains and then starting to really grow the business was that we tended to be reactive. We reacted to the opportunity and then we responded to that and that caused us to pivot. We didn't really pivot too much, but we evolved from one home into two, from two homes to 10, from 10 to 20 to 50 to 100 to 200. That journey for at least the first 10 years was pretty reactive. We reacted to the opportunity of taking on another home. We'd always started out with the goal to be focused on luxury. And there were times when we took on homes that really were not what the brand that we were developing, what it represented. And I feel like we had course corrections there. We took on a home. And then what we realized is the clients we were working with, they didn't care about a better value. They wanted more wow factor. The more that we started to try and grow the homes, we had less success with a more value-oriented home that was a perfectly nice home in a good location, but not a killer view of the mountain and not a fantastic ski and ski out location. It was just adequate. It was just middle of the range. And there's really nothing wrong with that. But what we realized was that was not our brand. So our brand evolved from starting out with a focus on luxury and realizing that that was really the secret sauce that was helping us to differentiate from others. What I would say to someone starting out is you probably could fast track some of our learning by saying, what do you want to be in the marketplace? Make sure that you're consistent and stay true to that. And where do you want to go? Because that affects your decisions in terms of the technology that you might bring on board. You're going to start with a small number at some point, right? You're probably going to start with one or two or 10 homes, however you get started. Or maybe you just say, this is where I am today, but I want to grow this business. Well, do you want to grow it to be 200 homes or 2,000 homes or 20,000 homes? Because that is going to affect all the things that you need in order to complete that journey. Rather than be reactive, I'm saying be proactive. So proactive strategies, you end up probably investing time and energy in kind of building the foundation, but it will enable you to move forwards more efficiently as you do that. You know, for us, 200 feels like a lot. And our greatest concern is we've grown the business. We've always been anchored to the fact that we never wanted to be in a situation where people say, oh, you know, Moving Mountains, that was a good company when they managed 30 homes. They knew what they were doing. They had their finger on the pulse. What has been really exciting to see is that because we really worried about that and really were thoughtful about not growth for the sake of growing, 
for growth when it was smart growth, where it made sense for our business, where it connected to our brand. The place where we are in right now, where similar to other property managers, I've heard talk about this on podcast, and maybe going back to that example of an owner who realized he was being interviewed as much as he was interviewing us, is make sure you pick the right owners and then make sure that everyone's aligned and that the home is a fit for your brand because you want to deliver that consistent brand experience to your guests. I'm not a huge fan of a be everything to everybody, jack of all trades business model. I think that our superpower is to be more limited edition, to use Matt Landell's phrase. I think limited edition is a lot about what our business breeds every day. And that is what is attractive to the clientele that we're working with, is exclusive access to an experience that is not offered elsewhere. That's phenomenal. And that's very good advice. It is. I am really grateful that you're willing to give all that advice. I have one more question for you. And that is, if you could turn around and talk to yourself 10, 15 years ago, when your company did make a change, like you said, what advice would you give to yourself? I mean, it would be a lot of what I just spoke about is like, think about where you're trying to go with this. To some extent, the growth opportunities we've gone after and the ones that we're going after now have come along at the right time for us. Not everything is pre-planned. There's not an easy path to how you get from A to B. You know, people think success is from here to here and it's straight line. But in fact, it's frequently, you know, this very kind of wiggly line. And I'd say having a clearer vision of what you think the business could be, I would say the culture is going to be huge. So don't take too long to figure that out. It's really important to us now. You know, and I'm fond of saying to people, it's like, you might think that Moving Mountains, we had it all figured out on day one. We have spent 25 years learning our way to where we are. We would often say we're the product of our mistakes more than our successes because any landing you could walk away from is a good one, right? And it's... Uh, That's true. It's true. The advice I would give myself from 15 years ago would be what I think was already in our heads is don't be afraid to try new things. Don't be afraid to make mistakes, but don't make huge bets on new ideas. I'm a follower as much as a leader. I look at what other people are doing. I'm always looking to see what, there's so many smart people in this industry who are way down the field compared to us on some ideas, but we're all learning from each other. And what's good about our industry, I think it's maybe unique, is the amount of sharing and help that we're giving each other is what's making this industry better. And we need to make it better fast because the regulatory impacts are really catching up with us because we've kind of allowed so many people to operate without guidelines. Mm -hmm. So if people want to know a little bit more about like, say they're developing their culture for their company and they have questions or they have questions at all about luxury brands, because you've obviously done that incredibly well, would you be willing to share with people if they give you a call? Oh, sure. Or email? Yeah. Email me and set up a time. I've shared a lot of information. I am a big fan of being at conferences. So more than anything else, I'd encourage people to get out into the industry and learn from others. Realize that this is an industry where people are willing to share. We maybe don't share every day with our nearest competitor. I also could say there's not a lot of secrets in our business. You know, there really are not. Yeah. There are. So we don't have a secret sauce that isn't available no. to anyone else. You may have technology that makes you more efficient. You may have a better lead on marketing, but you're right. Robin, how would they reach you by email? So Robin at movingmountains.com. That's not that hard to figure out. And our website, movingmountains.com, speaks about our culture, says a lot about our company. So you could certainly mine that for information and look out for me at one of the conferences around the country. Thank you so much for doing that. And that's Robin, R-O-B-I-N, guys. 
Thank you again, Robin. Thank you for coming and sharing your amazing background in hospitality and what you've done to increase your business and just being a wonderful person. Thank you. Oh, I appreciate it. Thanks. <laughs> All right. Thanks again. This episode of How We Grow was brought to you by Blue Tent Marketing. To find out more about how Blue Tent Marketing can help grow your vacation rental business, visit bluetent.com. Make sure to search for How We Grow in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts, or anywhere else podcasts are found, and hit subscribe so you never miss an episode. On behalf of the team here at Inhabit, thanks for listening.